Well, hello there. How are you? I would like to welcome you to the podcast where I have chosen and encourage you to choose the number one best-selling book in the world, the Bible, to use as our guide to help us look for lessons from the lives of biblical personalities or characters to apply to our everyday life. This is the Life and Faith Chats podcast, and I am your host, Joy. This episode is a sequel to a previous episode, which I titled Epic Encounter of a God Kind. And in that episode, I discussed two of the three temptations where the devil encounters Jesus, the Son of God, as a man. Things didn't go too well when he encountered Adam and Eve, the image bearers of God. Was this God's way of redeeming that fateful meeting? And if so, what are the lessons in it for us? And that's what this chat is about. And although the previous two will be mentioned and referred to, our focus is on the third recorded temptation for this conversation. As we begin Do you know there is a phrase that Jesus repeated three times? When someone says something three times, anyone, the person who hears them needs to listen because that person is trying to get your attention or make a point. But this is Jesus, God's son. How do we know? The Bible told us so. What is he repeating? It is written. He kept returning to the source and the authority of the written word of God. We've got to ask ourselves, what does that mean for us? Does this mean that we have to make time, take time to get to know and study the word of God? If we contrast Eve encounter and Jesus's encounter with the devil, we have Eve incorrectly restating what God said. And we have Jesus exactly stating what the recorded word of God said. In both temptations, the devil questioned God's word. That's huge. The Bible says, in the beginning, I hear it's correctly translated, in beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the Word was God. So then, why do I struggle to spend time in God's Word, since His Word reveals who He is, who I am, and can help me? Is this a spiritual dilemma? Is it only me that has this struggle? Okay, just between us, do you have time when you open the Bible, just you and God, to find out what is written, no agenda, no asking, no telling him. Jesus spent time 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, dedicating himself 
to spend that time with God. The Bible also shares with us that it was a habit of Jesus to get up early, go into the mountains, and spend time in prayer. It is the strategy of the devil, the enemy, to get us to question, doubt, misquote, ignore, or even make fun of God's word. The attack is on the word because the word is God. It is crucial that we know this. Get this. God spoke and then Jesus was led into the wilderness. God as father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. What is the first thing the devil says? If you are the son of God, just like he did with Eve, the devil is once again questioning who God says he is, who God said that we are, and who God said we are to him. That, my friend, are the questions that we have to answer in every challenge and temptation in our lives. Now listen closely to this. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Listen to this. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Don't forget what I just read. The third temptation goes like this. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. Remember I talked about Jesus praying early in the morning? What's interesting is he usually went up into the mountains to pray and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. I dropped the mic. What can I say? Didn't we just hear who everyone is to bow to? Didn't we just read that? Okay. And why is the devil always trying to give us something that's not his to give us in the first place? The bigger question is, do we recognize that is not his to give us in the first place? Truth be told, he does offer counterfeits. They just don't last long and they do destroy us. Eventually, that is. Let's see how Jesus responded. Jesus said, and this is our written word, you shall worship the Lord your God. Part two, and him only shall you serve. 
I guess the question here would be, what do we define as worship? If we go back to the and stick within the context of this temptation, it was attached to who you were bowing down to to get you the things of this world. Remember, Satan showed him all the kingdoms of the world and its glory. So these were things that looked good, um, more than good. And he told Jesus, if you bow down to me and worship me, I will give them to you. So again, to whom are we bowing and to what are we bowing to get these kingdoms I'm putting them in quotes in my, in the air, in my mind, to get these things and the glory from earth that we believe that we want or we need. Who is our God? That question could be answered by who do we consider to be our source? Is it us? Is it our intelligence? Is it our strength? Is it another person? To whom are we depending on for our life? Who is our source? You know the scripture I read in Philippians 2? It says that Jesus emptied himself, became a servant, humbled himself, and was obedient unto God. Jesus showed us how to worship. You see, we all get to decide who or what our God will be, who or what or whom we will trust. And if God is our God or who we decide to be our God, we serve them in very specific ways. How do we spend our time? What is it that we cannot live without? What are we willing to die for? What do we give our money towards? Psalm 29, 2 tells us, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. My chats have a connection. The connection comes from the scripture. And if we go back to the new, to the Old Testament and go back to Genesis, in the beginning, God created. It is very important, in fact, critical, that we keep reminding ourselves how this all started. Since God created, he alone deserves the glory and the praise. We need to glorify and acknowledge God. Jesus' example, we need to humble ourselves, obey, and serve God. His way. God has a plan and a purpose for us. And we can't find that without first ascribing to him and giving him the glory, the honor that is due him as God. When we do that, we begin to discover who we are and what our purpose is. We cannot do this without the written word of God. We can try, but it doesn't work. 
Satan has been successfully deceiving us from the very beginning. It didn't work for Eve and it's not going to work for us. Satan's encounter with Jesus was epic because Satan was finally meeting a son of Eve who knew who God was, who knew who he was, and who knew who he was to God. He knew that God was the creator of all things, the very essence of life. And this God was his father. He called him father because God first called him son. He knew who he was to God. And the father was well pleased with him. As he had told Adam and Eve in the garden, and everything he made, he saw it was good. And he knew that God is the word. Let me share with you something even more cool that will bless you. And it shows us how the written word is in total sync with the living word. At some point in your life, you may have heard or repeated or seen it on a plaque, the Lord's Prayer. And this is the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when they asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Well, do you know that in that prayer, Jesus once again answered and left an example for us to know how to face those three temptations. Remember Eve? God still wants us to choose life in our wilderness experiences and on the mountaintops. And I want you to make the connections. I want some bells to go off in you today. And hopefully you will find some things that maybe one day when we meet at the family reunion, you can share with me, or in the meantime, you can share with some of your other cousins that are not too distant DNA relatives. And it goes like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the food we need today. Forgive us when we have done wrong, and we too have forgiven those who have wronged us. Do not, and do not lead us into hard testing, but keep us safe from the evil one. For kingship, power, and glory are yours forever. Amen. So bells should be going off. I really wish I could hear what you had to say, the connections you've made. Let me share mine, please. Jesus called God Father. I don't know if anyone else had done that. It drove the religious rulers crazy because they said that made him equal to God. Do you remember what I read from Philippians? This is deep. Jesus emptied himself took on flesh, humbled himself, and became a servant. This is the son in whom God was well pleased. This is the son who called him father, the son who gave us back the identity that Eve lost, the son who chose to believe God, who refused to accept counterfeit, who told us who we were to worship and bow down to. And this son called God our father. And let's remember, 
God called him son, his beloved son. Jesus didn't forget. And God doesn't want us to forget who he is and who we are and who he says we are. Jesus included us. So when Satan came and said, if you are the son of God, Jesus is answering, I am the son of God. But Jesus also said, we are sons and daughters of God. Our father, let's hold on to that. Let's bank it. Let's recognize each other as children of our father. When the enemy brings these challenges and temptations to us, our identity, we are children of the Most High God. Then here's another thing. He came and he wanted to turn, for Jesus to turn the stone to satisfy him into bread because stones are not the sources of bread. There's wheat, there's flour. He wanted him to do that. But here in this prayer, Jesus tells us that God provides for us daily. And that's what good parents do. They not only provide, the Bible tells us they even leave an inheritance for their children. God takes care of those who are his. So we have to choose him because he's already chosen us. There's provision for us. As we face challenges, who is it that we turn to? Who is our source? Remember that question. Who is our God? Who is our father? Because you see, if we know him as father, then we know that we can go to him and he will help us. He wants to give us the daily provision that he promised. This, my friends, is the same God who gave to Adam and Eve everything and placed them in a garden where all of their needs were already met. What's another benefit of being a son or a daughter? Inheritance. Interesting, right? The Bible said that good parents leave inheritance for their children. So God the Father has left an inheritance for us. That's part of why the devil doesn't want us to know what's in the word. So when Satan says that he will give Jesus all the kingdoms of the world when Jesus bows to him, who do the kingdoms belong to in the first place? Inheritance, sons and daughters, the beloved son. It belongs to him already. This is such a powerful truth and we need to digest it. Let's bring it home. Most of us are not looking for kingdoms. I know some of us are, but most of us are looking for simple things. And so it is a mindset that we have to change. What if we began to consciously and purposely believe that God actually is our father and that he actually gave us everything pertaining to life and godliness because he said so. It is in the Bible. Eve did not believe him but how would you approach your challenges if you knew that God was for you? 
something to think about, right? So the next challenge, physical, mental, emotional, let's remember that we have a father who wants to help us, who is there for us, who loves us. Let me also remind us, God isn't opposed to us having things. He's not opposed to us enjoying life. He gave it to us. At no point did God tell Adam and Eve, be in this garden and be miserable. That's not God's plan. That is a ploy and a trick of a very real enemy who tries to distort the word of God in making us believe that God is withholding good things from us. No good parent tries to make their child miserable. Parents bless their children and even bless them for no good reason except to see them smile. Think about that. And this hangs on God's written words. Our Father. Let's go back to the prayer. I said that there were answers in the prayer to the three temptations. Yes. In the second temptation, Satan tells Jesus to jump off the pinnacle of the temple and tells him that God will will catch him. Why would he do that? That's like a dare. You know, I bet it's like, I bet if you do this, it won't happen to you or you can get away with this. But the deeper thing is, Satan is trying to get Jesus to question God's love for him as father. Same devil, same mental, emotional, spiritual deception and torment. What is Jesus' answer to this? He said, don't tempt God. The answer in the Lord's Prayer is, pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray for God's will, we're praying for God's principles, for God's rule, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. (laughs) And that's for safety. That's not for helter-skelter living. That's for order within the bounds of love. Good parents have rules, and their rules protect and defend their children short and long term. Breaking spiritual and natural laws is not how we get God to show that he loves us. Lord's Prayer ends with, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. I really hope that you got something, learned something, or were reminded about something, a lesson that will help you during this week. Let's remember and remind ourselves, God is God. He is our Father. He is our source and provider. Let's follow his will and not our whims. And to do that, let's get to know what is written. I'm so blessed that you chose to join me. I look forward to meeting with you again in two weeks. And come prepared because we're going to be meeting and journeying with a disgruntled prophet who decided to take a boat ride. Kindly remember to subscribe and to share and to like. This has been Life and Faith Chats with Joy. Peace.